It's really helpful to empty and roast the whole pumpkin or the whole squash for a little bit of time before you put the stuffing or dressing or salad or whatever inside of it. Because just like stuffing a turkey, once you get that like density inside of it, it's going to take a lot longer to make the outside match the inside temperature wise. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Today, we're talking about vegetarian dinners again. You may remember that we talked about our favorite weekday vegetarian meals back in July. And that was a really popular episode with lots of good feedback from y'all. But this time, we're talking about the kind of vegetarian dinners or main dishes that you might serve at a dinner party or for the holidays. In fact, (laughs) our original title for this episode was show-stopping vegetarian dinners, which really like put on the fresh show-stopping. It just seemed like a big word. We changed it to celebratory. I think celebratory is a little bit more clear, honestly. Yes. Although now I'm like second guessing us. Oh, wait, tell me. I think if someone was like show-stopping, I would click on that if it were the, if that was the headline versus celebratory. And I think that's where oh. like the initial idea came Maybe from. Maybe we should go back to show-stopping. It's very Broadway. Right? Show-stopping. But then that's Jazz the hands. thing is in my very <laughs> type A personality thing, I was like, wait, while creating the script doc, what does show-stopping really mean? And is that what we, like, is that what we're really trying to get across? Me trying to be so exacting I actually like looked up. Um, there you go. Webster's I love definition it. I want to shopping. An act, song, or performer that wins applause so prolonged that as to interrupt a performance. <laughs> it stops the show. Something or someone exceptionally arresting or attractive. Mm. One Sexy that stops food. or could stop the progress, operation, or function of something. So then in my brain, I'm like, oh, imagining someone's like holiday table and like (laughs) them setting down this like kale and mushroom stuffed pumpkin, for example, and that the that anyone would applaud. I feel like (laughs) they might not applaud, but I do think, oh, I don't even know if I believe what I'm about to say. But I have seen and I know we all get wooed by the Internet and by gorgeous food photography, right? Yes, but it's almost easier to make vegetarian meals show-stopping because vegetables, plants are beautiful. Yes. And like sometimes like a slice of <laughs> turkey, which is like, like yeah, brown yeah. town or beige, like totally. beige on beige. Or like bloody meat. I don't know. I don't want to make it sound gross because I love yeah. a beef tenderloin. But it can be harder to make it look beautiful in some ways. I totally agree. And what was funny to me is I had this passing thought when I was doing a little bit of research for this episode. Like I was on Pinterest looking at like what are some things that people find when they search. And there was one headline or title on a Pinterest pin that was like vegetarian means that will make you forget about the turkey. And I'm like, the turkey is like not even that exciting. Like you could make me forget about the turkey with some really good Brussels sprouts. Okay. So when I was preparing for the episode, I actually started with like, I have a lot of ideas too. I know you have a ton of ideas, but I actually started with what about just 
skipping the meat, like skipping the turkey, but everything else that you normally do. And then if you're skipping the turkey, maybe you have a little time to put a like beautiful or fancy twist. So like instead of mashed potatoes, you do mashed potato and celery root. Just something that stops the show and gets yes. people to be like <laughs> gets people to be like, oh, that's cool. Or like spend time doing like a beautiful arrangement on top of your sweet potato casserole. Or you know, right. I don't like know. doing le- like shingled layers yes, instead exactly. of just like the mash. I do think there is such an aesthetic component to making something feel celebratory. Definitely. And I think that's part of like my thinking when it comes to making like a show-stopping vegetarian (laughs) thing. But I love this idea, and like I've seen it before, of doing like a sides-only meal where, because like a lot of times that's what everyone wants anyways is like. 100%. The stuffing and, yeah. A really like beautiful presentation of your sweet potato casserole and green bean casserole. And those can feel like mains. I mean, it doesn't feel like anything is missing necessarily. Right. So I, I don't know. I like that. I think that that's one potential way to go. But I think that today we're probably going to talk about some vegetarian options that we don't normally talk about right. as part of the holiday or dinner party table. A little bit more like effort than maybe mashed potatoes yeah, or roasted Brussels sprouts. Right. I think that's and right. Before we got on recording, you we were talking about this idea of like there will be people for who this episode is for them to have ideas for like their family meal where they have a vegetarian person joining the table. And so they want to make one thing that feels special for them. Whereas, like, we have several vegetarians in our listeners community, in our Instagram community, who, like, they are already doing this. And so they might just need fresh ideas for how to make their table even more celebratory, even more show-stopping. Yeah. I mean, the same way that people who are omnivores are like, you know, we cook a turkey or a roast every single year for certain holidays or brisket, whatever it is. And then, like, you still listen because you're like, right. what's the new twist on the brisket or what's a new idea? What can make this easier but still keep it really beautiful? So I do think that a lot of what we're going to go through, it's funny. The effort is a is an interesting piece of this conversation, I think. Yeah. So I, I have a couple of ideas where it's definitely going to take more effort for the main. It's like the substitute for the big roast. But then as I really went through some of this stuff, it feels like it might be more effort, but actually like a mushroom coco vin or a vegetarian coco vin, right? Which is one of my, and that's actually a really easy one to make vegan, not just vegetarian. Right. Is actually not that much effort, right? It's probably less effort. Right. Right. But then served in a beautiful dish, you know, um. I want to call it a cruette, but that's for yeah, oil. Yeah, you're right. But some like a beautiful serving dish and a ladle and then luxurious, perfect mashed potatoes. Like that's gorgeous. Right. And it's going to feel show stopping. Yeah. Celebratory, but actually doesn't take a lot of time. So there there's definitely going to be some effort we're going to talk about. And we'll kind of flag that for you. But we'll also flag when we think it sounds fancy, but actually not. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. So that may you you maybe kind of answered it but my first question was going to be like what makes a dish feel 
more celebratory or more show-stopping holiday or dinner party worthy to you? Vegetarian or not? Like, yeah. what are yeah, the yeah, things yeah. that make question. them feel feel solidly celebratory? I think that there's sort of, oh, there might be more. Okay, but just off the top of my head, for me, it's something that's part of a little rare and part of a tradition So it's something that I can look forward to every single year because, you know, my grandmother didn't make pastizzo, for example, a baked Greek dish that was like my absolute favorite every single week necessarily. But she would make it. Actually, that's a bad example because she did make it every week. (laughs) That was so (laughs) intensive. But you know what I'm saying? Like you look forward to it. Yes. And then there are dishes like mac and cheese that are just staples. They're part of a tradition. And even though you do have them regularly, it just doesn't feel like your holiday table without it. And maybe you put a little time and extra effort into the holiday version, like the crunchy top or the four cheeses instead of the quick stovetop version. You know what I mean? Yes. I know exactly what you mean. And that is like what I think about, too, when it comes to celebratory main dishes or dishes in general, whether they're sides or mains. It actually doesn't matter. It's all it's sometimes just like the extra ingredient or a technique that you don't always use. Like I think of sweet like we do smoked sweet potatoes sometimes around Mm -hmm. the holidays because I love them. I mean, honestly, we do them when we have the smoker going anytime, but it feels just like one step up from a regular like baked sweet potato. And then if you add an extra ingredient to that, whether it's like crispy marshmallows or crispy shallots. Yes. Mm. I know both of those things like that makes it feel outside of the everyday. And then I fully admit to there is the aesthetic thing that we both already mentioned. And when you were describing something celebratory, you're like, oh, it's gorgeous. I think there's something there. And it doesn't like it doesn't actually take a lot to make something that's like aesthetically pleasing that feels like more special. I agree. And I think that it can sometimes just be in the plating. I have a couple of dishes where actually the preparation takes longer to make it look beautiful. I'll start off with a prime example of that when we get into ideas. But often it's just, you know, maybe picking a platter You know, instead of just like serving everyone at the stove or putting the pot on the table, like for the quick weeknight meal, you actually take a platter and you take some fresh herbs and you garnish like it doesn't have to be that much. I do think that also you're hitting on something here that's important to say, which is that in both of our ideas of what makes something feel celebratory, we talked about repetition, things everybody loves, things that people look forward to. It can be so tempting to be like that gorgeous dish I saw in Bon Appetit or Food and Wine or that cookbook that I love that I always feel like too overwhelmed to cook from. I'm going to make that for the holidays. And it's not something that you've made before. It's not something that everybody's looking forward to. If that brings you joy, by all means, go for it. Because if you have the time and the space and you enjoy the process Who knows? Maybe it'll come out great and that will become a new tradition for you. But that's not actually what makes most people happy, which brings us back to the like, if you just end up wanting to do all the sides and dress them up and just skip the turkey or roast, I bet you people will be happy. Oh, yes. Right? Like they want things that they've had before. People want to eat 
comfort. It can look beautiful and you'd go the extra mile in some way with that extra ingredient in the presentation. But people want familiarity and comfort around the holidays, I think. I agree. And, you know, there's that like old adage that you shouldn't try a new recipe necessarily, like the first time that you're having people over for dinner or like if it's your first time hosting a dinner party, you should cook things that you already know. And I think that's a little bit true for the holidays, too, because even if you like read through a recipe before you even dive into it which we highly recommend that you do. In fact, (laughs) we we have a whole episode about how to select and use recipes. But even when I do that, as even as a recipe writer and developer, I have times where in the thick of trying to cook that new recipe, plus the like regular mashed potatoes and the mac and cheese and the dressing, I like miss something. And that oversight makes something that I was excited to cook not taste as good as it could. And then you're like, why did I do that? Yes. <laughs> oh God, this was not the moment. <laughs> so I think we you have to pull back and sort of like respect the season that you're in as a cook. It, maybe it's not the season to try new things. And instead, your extra effort should go towards like making some special toppings or or um, chopping up a lot of fresh herbs or shopping for a new platter or tablecloth yeah. that would make it feel celebratory, that. too. Because it's not just food things that make it feel yeah. like... A party. And then if you're in a season where you feel like you can do something new, but like you're not sure, like you're in a transition season, I feel like I might be in one of those. Taking a baby step. You know yeah. what I mean? So if you normally make roasted vegetables, look for a show-stopping, maybe a stuffed squash or pumpkin. You know what I mean? Something that kind of relates and is connected to, but isn't jumping in into a vegetarian Wellington. Right. <laughs> you're something like, entirely new where you've never worked with puppies before and you're like, what right. did I get myself yes, Totally. <laughs> totally. Okay. Before we get into actual ideas, I think it's worth mentioning that right now we have this really helpful holiday handbook. It's the best. It makes me so happy. Sometimes I just look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that weird? No, it's not weird at all. But we are a little bit. It's like our baby. (laughs) We built this. It's a resource and a recipe book out of like y'all's asking for tried and true recipes and advice. And even though there are some meat-centric mains. There's also lots of side dishes. Most of them are things that are reliable, but there are some fun things. And so we want to make sure that if you need help with the holidays, you grab that. You can visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash links to grab it. It'll be the second entry there. It'll say holiday handbook, and you can grab that to help you through the holidays. It's not just recipes, though, Megan. No, it's it's not. It's a timeline There's a way that we help you figure out how much you should cook. There's a guide on safe storage because you're going to be prepping stuff ahead. But I want to say this because people are going to see make ahead and see that there's a timeline for starting as early as now if you want, because you can prep even something like gravy ahead of time, right? Cranberry sauce. You can get a lot of stuff out of the way. Entire pies. You can bake them now. Be ready. No last minute cooking. It's going to make you so happy. But um, it's the timeline was put together with a deep 
understanding that we know like right now you are still doing regular life and regular life by itself is overwhelming. That's why most of us end up putting things off anyway, because we're already busy. So it's a realistic make ahead timeline. So I really hope that you guys will check it out. And then the last thing I want to mention before we get into categories is that now is a really great time to join our supporting community. We will be having a couple of like holiday happy hours, a la our regular office hours. And in those, we are already taking some of your holiday questions. Like the last one we talked about turkey, I swear, for 20 minutes. So if you... (laughs) need even more help beyond what you're getting from these regular free episodes, you can join our supporting community by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinner time overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm, be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, 
Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Okay, Billis. You know me, I want there to be categories, but I'm also... (laughs) And you are bolstered because two, all of two, no, I'm just making fun, but literally two people. Yes. Out of the thousands, thousands, tens of thousands, tens of thousands of people, two people wrote to us being like, you go, Megan, keep your category. There we go. You literally, at the speed of light... Screenshotted and texted me. I didn't even reply to the comment first. <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing. I'm here for affirmations of all kind for yes. all people. So let's freaking categorize this no. shit. <laughs> I don't okay. I don't want to do that because then I do feel like it sometimes takes away from the ideas when you're like, well, what category does that fit in when you just have tons of really great ideas. But I think that this is helpful, a helpful way to think about searching too. Yeah. And sort of what, great point. Yep. Sort of what you said about like, oh, if you normally roast vegetables, you can do X as a replacement. You you recommended like a whole pumpkin. So I just want to mention some like broad dish ideas that I think can make like really great celebratory vegetarian dinners. Pies, specifically um, pot pies or any kind of like filled, like a a quiche can actually be very celebratory, feels high effort, and it's very satisfying. Roulades, which I, a Wellington is a really great example of that, but I've also seen where people like fill a butternut squash and then tie it together and roast Mm -hmm. it. Or take puff pastry and make like a ring out of it. I love, and it's probably the thing I think of most often, whole vegetables. So like a whole roasted cabbage, a whole roasted cauliflower, pumpkins that are like emptied and stuffed. High effort pasta. So not necessarily just the mac and cheese, although that's really great. And we'll talk about like how to make it even better. But I think of like if you want to make handmade and hand filled ravioli or or buy it and then make a special sauce. Um, lasagnas, stuffed shells, which you mentioned already, are really great ways to make high effort, high reward dishes. Soups. <laughs> I know this is a, sometimes a hard sell for Stacy, but I think a soup, like especially if it's like super luxurious and creamy as part of a side dish dinner, um, feels really fanciful. And then salads. And I think this brings up my point of or like brings me to this thing I've been circling around, which is I think one of the ways that you make something feel like you've put more effort into it without actually putting like a ton of 
extra ingredients or anything into it. It's just like layers of flavor. And I think salads are a really great way to do that. Like you roast butternut squash, but then you do like a massaged kale and you make a special dressing and maybe you make some glazed nuts. And like that's really only four things. But when you put them all together, it tastes like you put a lot of time and effort into it. Do you have any like broad dish ideas that I didn't Yeah, I mean, I have to say that I do have a lot of ideas, but I do think that a lot of my ideas over also overlap with your categories. So I have every single one of the things you mentioned. And so maybe we'll go category by category. No, I, I think don't. that might help okay. now that you've put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just. I didn't Let's say they were. Go I the want to be. I want to be clear. I didn't Let's say they were categories. I said they're dish ideas. Dish ideas. Dish categories. Somehow ideas. different. Okay. Uh, and then the one thing that I have, I because I as you were talking, I was actually slotting all my yeah. ideas to Thinking see where they fit. Uh, I think braises is Ooh, something yeah. that you didn't talk about that I okay. have. So you started with. I think you started with. Pot pie, what's your category yeah, for pies, like pies? Pot pies. Okay, pies. So, yes, endorse that. Pot pie that you can make with puff pastry, that you can make with biscuit dough. Um, I don't have too many specifics under the pies because it's such a broad category, except obviously a spinach pie. And I just want to talk for a minute about puff pastry or phyllo, really, pies. Because I think spinach pie is a go-to. But Greeks will... It's really... In Greece, you call it pita. And it can be anything. It can be tiropita. Tiro means cheese. So it's cheese pie. Spanakopita. Spinach pie. But then there's like... I mean, anything can be made into a pie. Mushrooms and leeks. Uh, you know. And we have one sense of what Greek cooking is, but actually Greek cooking is uh, has a lot more regional differences than people might expect because there are mountains where people go skiing in Greece and then there's the islands. Like there's a lot of different terrain. So dandelion greens pie, random vegetable scraps pie, <laughs> like literally there's every kind. So just really the point is you can take lentils and vegetables and turn it into a pie. The possibilities are really endless. So I think that the way that you might want to hone in is via categories where you can look up Greek pita or Greek pie if you want to use phyllo. You can look up puff pastry pie if you want to use puff pastry. You can look up pot pie if you want something that is more like a stewed and then topped with dough kind of pie. Galette, if you are making your pie dough ahead of time for your sweet pies, but then, you know, galettes can be beautiful. Talk about show-stopping because you have an opportunity there to layer and shingle, as you say, like vegetables and ingredients in a beautiful way. And then it's open-faced and it's gorgeous. So I think that might be the way in. What do you think? Yes. Okay, so on galettes, I want to mention... Not just vegetables, but like you said, you could do things like lentils or yeah. beans. Um, and we both love cheese. And that's a great way to add more flavor. And even within a galette, you could do like caramelized onions as like the base that you put directly in the dough and then do like delicata squash slices on top. 
So you're adding like layers of flavor, but still making this like really beautiful presentation. I want to mention shepherd's pies. I know that feels like sort of here too. Yes. homey and comforting, but another great way to take something that you might already do, like roasting a bunch of vegetables and making a gravy, but then putting them together and doing like mashed potatoes or mashed sweet potatoes on top. Okay. I had shepherd's pie on my list too, and I'm so glad you, <laughs> you brought it up. Because in our community, Taylor recently was like, you guys, shepherd's pie is lamb, cottage pie is beef, please. But she did it in the like funniest, most gentle way. And I was like, oh my gosh, Taylor, thank you yes. for the reminder. Like, Didn't we're a we cooking podcast. On an yeah. episode, we're too? a cooking podcast. Like, you and I know this. It's just not like we're just moving here, you know? And we just call it shepherd's pie at home. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, we need to be more exacting. And she wrote back, she was like, actually, I'm probably the only person who cares like you really don't have to be careful but I really love well, it well thank you for that yeah. yeah so I don't know would this be a vegetarian cottage pie or shepherd's pie I don't know but I think that's really great and like just the way you arrange and like it's like think about how you would do meringue on a sweet pie like the way you can pipe the mashed potatoes you can use your fork to make a beautiful like little pattern and then sprinkle cheese over it so that it gets nice and brown but you can make a a vegetarian or vegan shepherd's or cottage pie really beautiful i think that's such a good one yeah and never discount uh broiling the mashed potatoes yep. and or cheese and the addition of either just chopped fresh herbs or doing something like a gremolata where you're doing like a bunch of herbs and and some oil and a little bit of like lemon or lime juice and either either drizzling that on top or serving it on the side. Like sauces do a lot for finishing those kind of homey dishes and making them feel more extraordinary. While we're on the subject of things that people brought to our attention <laughs> no. and the category of pies. No, this one's good. Our friend Ashley, she's cooking in combat boots on Instagram. She's one of our vegetarian listeners. And she mentioned after the make ahead episode where we were talking about the like grits casserole, Aaron McDowell's greens and hominy pie, which looks incredible. And I think that like thinking about things that you might make into a casserole, like grits or we do a lot of squash casserole in the south um thinking about turning those into pies is a really great way to think of like translating something you already make into something more special okay so now i have a question for you okay i think your next category was was it roulade yes okay where would a gratin go mm. it's not a pie it's For not because sure, we're not casserole. including a dough, but it's a casserole. So maybe casserole is another is category. another category. Yeah. Okay. So then let's just since I mentioned it, let's go there. Let's talk uh, about it. A bean gratin, I think a potato gratin, a vegetable gratin. It's another beautiful thing. And actually, I'm gonna move something I had under whole roasted vegetables, even though it didn't quite belong there. I was gonna put it there because maybe it belongs here. Okay, a tienne. A tien is actually a French dish. It's a reference to the actual cookware. Right. But it has been come, like, people use it to refer to things that are cooked in the dish. And so often it's just called tien. 
But yes. I think of a ratatouille, like it's a ratatouille that's shingled. It's beautiful. You guys have all seen like the ratatouille vegetables arranged beautifully in a circle and shingles. It's gorgeous. You can do something like that with winter vegetables that really is show-stopping. And that isn't quite a gratin, but it worked. Like, I think it might yeah. work in this category. What do you think? Well, I was wondering, is the the difference... Casserole. Like, the, it is. It's all casserole. Is the difference really, like, how it's finished or top? Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So they're very similar. And, man, the idea of, like, doing butternut squash and potatoes and onions oh, and, like, gorgeous. layering that all together, roasting it with, like some herby butter, and then topping it with cheese and toasted breadcrumbs. I want to eat that right now. So good, right? Yes. Okay. So really into that. Should we move on to roulade? Yes. Great. Roulade. I really, uh, like a vegetable wellington was my only specific. Yeah. Vegetable, specifically, I think of mushrooms as a great thing to put in there. But then doesn't traditional wellington, it doesn't have pate in it. It has like mushroom... It has mushroom, like a mushroom pate, like a mushroom. Yes, yes. Yeah. I came across, I think it's Carla Lolly Music Hall. She has like a walnut pate. Yes. Let me find the, the. it's in her book, like, this will make it taste good. I think walnut is a very common ingredient in a vegetable wellington or a vegan. Yeah, because I think it's a really easy thing to turn into a pate. Yes. So that's what I thought of. I was like, ooh, if you it, it's a mushroom, a leek and walnut pate. Like oh, if you did that good. and then like did some whole roasted mushrooms also, you can make an incredibly high effort, like seems like high effort, but not really. No, did you say seems like high effort, but isn't? Did you say that? I did. I, re- I uh, retract that <laughs> statement. OK, thank you. <laughs> OK, it's just high effort. That's just yes. what it is. It's just high but effort. But gorgeous. Show-stopping. Show-stopping. You might actually get applause. You might. Well, actually, for real, you might. Yes. <laughs> if you don't mess it up. <laughs> you guys, just kidding. You won't. So uh, we keep, like, mentioning Wellington. A beef Wellington is a very, like, traditional dish. But the whole thing is it's, like, this tenderloin wrapped in puff pastry so then if you take this idea and of like this mushroom pate yes and this like layers yeah if you take that concept you can do a lot of roulades where it's just like cheese and spinach and roasted red peppers wrapped in puff pastry yes and, and like make some things that like are almost a pinwheel and look really beautiful and can yep. be part of your holiday I mean, you know table. what the real takeaway here is? People love a pinwheel. Like, even, <laughs> even yes. when we talk about school lunch, right? It's like, take that sandwich stuff and pinwheel it. <laughs> it's going to make the difference. People love a pinwheel. It's pretty. It is pretty. I agree. I'm saying. And it goes back to this, like, this idea that part of making something feel celebratory is to make it aesthetically pleasing. Because isn't a pinwheel sandwich prettier, like, more celebratory than a regular sandwich? Even if it's just, like, turkey and cheese. Yeah. 100%. But I think with, a like, if you're doing it as a vegetarian main, there's a lot of opportunity to add that color and texture, like, butter, golden butternut squash. And then maybe you've got, like, some herbs in there and the roasted red pepper and you're like hitting on all these colors that look great when you slice into it. Yes. 
I do think if you don't already own a mandolin and you want to do something like this, a mandolin is such a great tool for quicker, high volume slicing, especially if you're trying to get it to a certain consistent thickness. Yes. And especially if you want to go thin, it's just really hard to do with a knife. Beyond it being hard, it'll make the finished dish better if you have those even slices, like everything will cook more quickly or cook evenly or get infused at the same rate. And so it really is. And you can buy one on Amazon for like $20. We have one We'll link to it. Great. Okay. So next up, you talked about whole roasted vegetables, which is also on my list. I had cabbage and I had cauliflower. You mentioned those two. Way too many recipes to just pick one gorgeous one, in my opinion. Although I have to say that I feel like and this is just this speaks more to my style of cooking and what appeals to me than like anything empirical in the world. But Odolenghi has so many beautiful, both whole roasted cauliflower and cabbage dishes. Yes. That you can find in his cookbooks or online. So like if you just need help and you're overwhelmed and you want to narrow in and that type of food that is really Middle Eastern food appeals to you, that's a nice place to start. I was going to mention in the Grill Dad's cookbook, which I I worked on two years ago. You and did. I'm like, it's the best grilling cookbook ever written by two idiots. I think is the title of it. That I'm not like making that up. There is a roasted, a whole roasted and smoked cauliflower and a whole like we grilled it in the embers of charcoal cabbage. And I what I want to mention here is like if you're going to cook either of those things whole, you really want to make sure that it's well seasoned before it's cooked. So like a dry spice rub with a little bit of olive oil and you really like work it in the best you can for the cabbage. We actually took the like stem and core out as an opportunity to get more of that seasoning in there. And then like because that's pretty much hands off once you get it in either roasting or on the grill or on the smoker, um, it's really nice to spend some time on a sauce to finish it. So like we, I think we made chive oil for the cauliflower and we did like a lemony yogurt for the cabbage. And those are just like two ideas. There's millions of others. Millions. I do think yogurt is very a common accompaniment or yogurt based sauces, yep. tahini based sauces. But yeah, like you said, I love the idea of chive oil. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it is. It's so pretty. It's like this very vibrant green, which is could be unexpected on a holiday table full of like oranges and browns. Yeah. How about stuffed portobello mushrooms? Does that go into whole? <sighs> yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, that was something on my list. I think that mushrooms are a really great staple, especially if you're trying to go vegan. I have a bunch of other mushroom ideas, but a whole like a whole roasted portobello that's been stuffed. Yummy. Can we talk about stuffed pumpkins? Yeah, let's. Okay, because I think that they're they feel more Thanksgiving than they do the later winter holidays. Absolutely. It feels very harvest. Yes, very harvestful. Um, <laughs> totally. I have a recipe for like a kale and mushroom stuffed pumpkin 
on thekitchen.com that we'll link to. But I just remember that like I, I, I and I probably was like testing it in like August for it to be live in November. But I just remember that it was actually really hard to find like an air quotes pie pumpkin, which is like yeah. the kind of pumpkin that you want to cook versus like a carving pumpkin, which is going to is grown for size and is not going to be as flavorful. So that's just something to keep in mind. Like if you're thinking about this, it's early November and you see pie pumpkins in the store. You want to grab them now because they don't they have a long shelf life, but they sell out really quickly. I'm so glad you mentioned this because I think that a stuffed pumpkin looks gorgeous, but totally overwhelms me. Does it from a yeah. cooking standpoint or no. an eating it standpoint? No, like an eating it standpoint. And I feel like it looks good for the first minute and then you cut into it, which is fine. It's the same with like a turkey, right? Like you get that minute in the beginning and it's like, oh, that looks great. And then you start carving it up. We already talked about what that can look like. Also, I don't love pumpkin as much as I love squash. And yeah. I think another avenue is individual and it seems like it's a lot more work but it's not like you can still make the stuffing in a big batch whether it's like mushrooms and lentils wild rice is really popular other different kinds of rice based stuffings um orzo can be beautiful Mm, yeah or even just like the vegetables itself you know like taking some like eggplant and zucchini and making a nice like mixture filling out of other vegetables I like the idea of smaller squashes. Obsessed might be too big a word, but honey nut squashes are like the cutest and most delicious things ever. They're not round. They have more of a like they're more like a butternut squash shape, but they're small. So, you know, you might have to like dig out that center hole a little bit to create a well that's big enough. But I think they're beautiful and they're really, really tasty. But um like delicata squash you could stuff. Acorn squash is really popular for stuffing. They're a little bit smaller. They're a little bit more manageable. And then you get this like beautiful platter of all these like individual servings that I yeah. think is really and pretty. Yeah, and makes it much easier than like carving into the whole yes. pumpkin. I want to say two things about a whole pumpkin before we move on totally. from like other whole vegetables or stuffing things. I think this might actually be true for some of the smaller hard squashes too. It's really helpful to like empty and roast the whole pumpkin or the whole squash for a little bit of time before you put the stuffing or dressing or salad or whatever inside of it. Because just like stuffing a turkey, once you get that like density inside of it, it's going to take a lot longer to make the outside match the inside temperature wise. You could just use a roasted pumpkin as like a serving vessel too and do like your soup in it and make a pumpkin soup. Uh, that sounds like a combination of two things Stacy does not get behind. But I'm just throwing no, it I out there as an idea. it's very pretty because, I yes. mean, that's the appeal is that big, beautiful pumpkin on your, like, harvest table. And I said <laughs> soup, but you could do the same thing, like make that, like, orzo or farro salad yep. with, like, roasted butternut and, like, dried cranberries or pomegranate seeds and, like, put that inside the roasted pumpkin. So it's just a beautiful presentation. I'm into it. Okay, next you talked about high-effort pastas that were also on my list. So I'm going to go rogue just for one second so that we can focus on high-effort pastas because risotto is not high-level, although it may take a little bit more effort when you're making it 
at scale, right? And like, even though, yes, you can make a quick weeknight risotto that's going to be tasty and satisfying that you don't have to like labor over for the holiday, you might want to be a little bit more exacting just to get it right. I think it's worth it. Risotto is elegant, beautiful, and infinitely adaptable. Yes, I'm so glad you put it on the list. I wouldn't have thought of it as like high effort pasta. And I had thought of it before we started recording, but didn't write it down. Because the other thing, like you could make one really amazing like mushroom risotto, do like shallots and make sure you buy like a nice white wine and make that like a gremolata or a little like herb situation to go on top of it. But you could also make a really delicious sort of basic parmesan risotto and then have like a toppings bar that sounds so cheesy no i (laughs) like can be really beautiful right like you have roasted mushrooms or veggies shaved brussels sprouts with like a little lemony dressing so people can build their own love that idea so so much because then you're just focusing on making a really good basic risotto you can focus on that If you're scared about doing it in bigger quantity, you can even do like two batches. You know what I mean? Like you have a little bit of space because you can prep all those toppings ahead of time. You can roast a bunch of mushrooms ahead of time. You can roast a bunch of vegetables ahead of time. You can chop fresh herbs right beforehand. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that and would risotto, be really beautiful. Risotto is really great for dinner party too because you can prep it ahead and yeah. then sort of like reheat it slowly versus yeah. like I think of some of the the like dinner party mains as being super challenging, actually. I agree. Okay, so under special pastas, which is how I had it categorized, um, any gorgeous non-meat pasta, I mean, again, I came across a beautiful walnut lentil ragu. You know, there's, if if you're really serving like a full vegetarian or vegan crew that's used to that kind of thing, I think like when I think of my family and you try to do something like meat sauce, they would rather just have something that feels totally different than trying to replicate. But I think that that would be beautiful. A A mushroom ragu, you can go with a creamy polenta instead of a pasta. Baked pastas are beautiful. You mentioned lasagna. I think stuffed shells have all the same ingredients, but can make for a gorgeous presentation. Or manicotti, too. That's on my list, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like manicotti is wonderful. Or even just like a white lasagna, right, where you make a bechamel and maybe you have some spinach. It just feels, again, it gets back to this, like, everybody loves lasagna. It's comfort food, but it's a little bit different. It's a nice little twist, but it hits all those right, like serotonin, like cheesy pasta. Yeah, it's a comfort food that feels really beautiful. And another great like make ahead opportunity. You make the lasagna or the manicotti like several days in advance, stuff it in the refrigerator and then just bake it off on the day of your meal. I love manicotti. I'm so glad that you mentioned it. One other fancy pasta thing. Okay. I just said when I was talking about the walnut and lentil ragu, like vegan meatballs, you know, I can just imagine what my kids would say. But I will tell you, I'm going to give you a specific recipe in this case. In her cookbook, Homemade with Love, Jennifer Perillo of InJenny'sKitchen.com has a lentil and ricotta meatball that is so delicious. And she really, she goes hard on leveraging her Brooklyn 
Italian background and <laughs> saying, like, okay. if anyone's going to make a vegetarian meatball that's good, it's going to be me. And, oh, man, is she right? I haven't made it for my kids in several years, but when I made it last, they really did like it a lot. Like, everybody ate it up. And so, like, that's another thing is that, like, especially if you have maybe a vegetarian guest, like maybe you're doing an Italian style holiday meal and you have regular meatballs and you have a vegetarian guest who misses that. That's another like great. I know it sounds really simple, just pasta and meatballs, but like that might hit a comfort spot that a vegetarian in your life misses. And it's a great recipe that I would fully endorse. Related to lentil not meatballs. And I'm curious because you've mentioned them on the show before and now I can't remember if your family was into them. And not that that like is any indication of we're mentioning ideas for everyone else too, not just us. It's like a ricotta meatball, a ricotta ball. Yeah. What would you call it? Yeah. So the recipe that I've made before that I love is on the New York Times and they call it ricotta polpette and polpette is just the Italian word for meatball. Okay. But I've it made is, that it has recipe no meat also. It. has no meat in it. It is so delicious. And so, and it's kind of like easy, as easy as making meatballs. 100%. My kids loved it. And that one I made for them fairly recently. Okay, good. This is good to know. And we'll, we'll file. So cheese, they're cheese balls. Yeah, they're cheese balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's Which delicious. I know that I did not serve them over pasta because... It's basically cheese balls, but it was great with, I did like roast. This was just for like a regular weekend meal. It was a Sunday meal when some grandparents were in town with roasted veggies that had a gremolata on top and then crusty bread and a big salad. I love that. And I think that could be a really great like dinner party. You also mentioned polenta, which I don't think it's enough love as an option for serving these sort of like mushroom ragouts and ricotta meatballs over. Yeah, totally. Okay, what's next on your list? Let's fly through the rest. Are you ready? Because I have a few. Yeah. Your favorite. Soup. Soups. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> soup was on my list. Okay. I'm not surprised by that. It's funny. A luxurious like, soup. I'm coming around to soups, but I still give you a hard time. Yeah. Because um, okay. I know it's not your favorite, but that's another way to like take a bunch of vegetables and make them really beautiful and really filling. So for me, I put two particular soups because they're what came to mind for me of what would feel special to me. Because I do think if you're going to serve soup, especially as like one of your show stopping mains, it better be like a good one. Not yeah. just like your quick vegetarian <laughs> soup. Like, excuse me, French onion soup. Oh, good one. Right? But that's usually like beef broth. So you just make like a really rich like mushroom broth and then caramelize those onions. Love it. And posole. Okay. Which is, which is like usually does have meat in it too, but I'm sure that you can find a vegetarian posole. It's a hominy soup. It's like a, a oh, very yes. rich chicken stock with hominy or like a tortilla soup, like feels very celebratory to me when it's done like in a more traditional way. So I bet you can find vegetarian versions online. And the thing about the pozole and the tortilla soup is like you can also do like lots of different toppings. Homemade tortilla 
strips instead of just tortilla chips and fresh herbs. And I feel like you can dress it up. It feels very celebratory to me. I'm going to mention just two soups. And I don't know that they fit into your idea of like what's celebratory, but they hit on some of our other qualifications. We have done for many. We used to do it like pre didn't I just feed you as a family, this like pre Christmas soup. It's an it's an Alton Brown recipe. And we just started doing it again last year. And some of our friends are vegetarian and vegan. I mentioned this because the original Christmas soup is red beans, potatoes, kale or collard greens and and kielbasa sausage. And then we have like a big salad and crusty bread. And it's more about the community of like being together before the holidays get busy for everyone. It's mostly just our friends. And so I feel like it's worth mentioning as as a celebratory main. It reminds me of a caldo verde. Yes. Like a Portuguese, which I think of as a Portuguese dish, like a Portuguese potato kale soup. Is it brothy? It is brothy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I love that. And then the other thing I'm going to mention is minestrone. Okay. Minestrone. We've debated this before, and we even looked it up once, and now I don't remember. I'm all of a sudden feeling shy about my pronunciation. <laughs> but I think that, like, especially if you're going to use from dry beans and, like, put in a ton of vegetables, that can feel very celebratory. And it's beautiful. I also think that an Italian wedding soup feels very celebratory. Obviously, it was traditionally made for weddings, <laughs> but it does involve meatballs. So it'd be interesting if you can find a vegetarian version going back to those like lentil and ricotta meatballs or even the ricotta polpette. I wonder if you can make them small and put them in a soup. Mm. That'd be interesting. If you're going to do something like that, you like that idea and you feel really confident, I would give it a test run. You don't have to go through the whole process, but even just like making the meatball and putting it in a broth and just and seeing, seeing how, how it, it performs. Yeah. That makes me think of chicken and dumpling soup or chick like oh, dumpling yeah. soups. Are, but like you could do something like that with a bunch of like roasted veggies or mm. mushrooms, even lentil or like barley, and then add the dumplings to make it feel more finished or more filling too. So good. I'm going to stay the course, but there's some larger thought here I want to share. Let's go through braises and salads real quick. Okay. Braise, I already mentioned like a vegan or vegetarian cocovin, vegetables, mushrooms, lentils, big hunks of carrot. Like you can get all those wonderful umami, red wine, winter warmth flavors without the meat. You really can. Absolutely. I was trying to think, I feel like we had a former guest talk to us about like braised butternut squash. Oh, but now that feels like an incomplete thought. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. But I'm thinking of like hearty winter veg that yeah. you could sort of like low and slow Parsnips. cook. Parsnips. Parsnips. Parsnips are great and feel special just because we don't use them. Most people don't use yeah, them very don't much. Eat them enough. Mm-hmm. And then there's something called a mushroom stefado. Stefado is a Greek stew that I actually grew up thinking was beef stew. Like I thought stefado oh, really? was a reference to beef stew because my grandmother always made a beef stefado. So I thought that's what it was. It turns out stefado is a, re a reference to a kind of small onion. 
Oh. That's what the stefalo is. So it's a stew made with the little onions. That's the important part. But this is a great season to get like pearl onions or cipollinis. Or Cipollini onions. <laughs> Thank you. You saw my face go blank. I, I couldn't think of the I word. I saw your symbol. This was yeah, the universal symbol, symbol for Cipollini. Um, and then using mushrooms. And for something like this, where the mushrooms are really going to be front and center, you're not like dicing them up and using them like as a substitute or pureeing them with walnuts. Go to the farmer's market if you have that available to you and that fits your budget. And if not, like... Go to the supermarket, maybe even ask in advance, like trying to get a variety of mushrooms, like see if you can try a new mushroom like hen of the woods and like fresh porcini and I don't know, like that's like a wild mushroom smorgasbord. That's not the right (laughs) medley is really all I'm trying to say. Uh, I think really makes is what will make it show stopping for a holiday meal or a dinner party. Yes. You know what it is? It's our own butternut and apple braise. Oh, that's what you're thinking of. of. Yes. That's in our Make It Holiday Handbook. That's a beautiful recipe with raisins and onions and like cider braised. It's so good. So good. Okay. Salads. I can't believe we left till the end because I actually think of salads as like a really like a gimme, a super easy way to make a show-stopping vegetarian main. Do you agree or disagree? I do. I think that salad will always feel a little bit like a, not a main to me for some reason, but I think that's silly. So let's talk it through. Yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned this when I was talking about this idea of like layering flavor in a way that feels high effort. And I just think like combining either braised or mas- massaged greens and like roasted veggies and maybe a cooked grain with like something crunchy and a really great dressing is the formula yes for making a really beautiful salad that feels like the centerpiece totally and i think you can do like larger pieces of veggies too like not everything has to be cubed our friend ashley i mentioned already from cooking and combat boots she mentioned that she likes to make heartbeat kitchens vegan wild rice and butternut squash salad with maple dressing which hits on all those things there's rice there's kale uh there's butternut squash but then also she mentioned a roasted delicata and radicchio with date vinaigrette salad recipe from hetty mckinnon's newer book tender heart which is all vegetarian vegetable dishes and it looks and sounds incredible that sounds so good and then you have like those half moons of the delicata on top yep that i just think is like really beautiful and makes this great presentation i agree i think that in fact i'm going to go so far as to say that i think if you're going to make a fully vegetarian holiday or celebratory dinner party meal putting a little time and effort into selecting a beautiful salad will go a long way. Like even if that's not your main, even if it's something that ends up being fairly easy to put together, like that presentation and really like layering the flavors and being adventurous with the vegetarian ingredients that you use, something crunchy, something earthy, a great dressing will like just make your table. I have a, I'm forming a strong opinion right now. I think maybe I've said this before. I I, like, we talk about this 
in terms of making like a big holiday spread that like I think every table needs some salad. It it doesn't have to be the centerpiece like what we're talking about here. But I think even doing like shaved Brussels sprouts and like a lemony dressing, if you are going to do all the other traditional sides, will help the meal feel more balanced. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Two things. One is I also wanted to give souffle a shout out. Ooh. And I don't know where it belongs. It didn't really quite fit anywhere. But Ooh. I think if you really want to go for it, you want you're really into this idea of show stopping. A souffle is something that you could give a try. Cauliflower souffle, goat cheese souffle, if you're not worried about being vegan, like there are lots of different options. That's very <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm just like, I can't believe I didn't put that on the list because it's so good. I'm a little bit jealous, in fact, that you <laughs> thought of it and I didn't. But that's that's high effort. Oh, like, yeah. It, it's risky. You're it is. you have to be confident. You have to yeah. go for it. And I've never made a vegan souffle. Why do I think of souffle as only egg white? based yeah no you're right i wonder oh my god let's i bet you could with like i was thinking liquid, aqua, but I, yes, yes totally i do think you need eggs to make a souffle but like you could make a mushroom okay. souffle you can no, make a super there are lots basic of vegan, vegan souffles. souffles i knew it i bet they i'm gonna i'm gonna venture to say Oh, no, this one does look beautiful. I was going to say, I bet they don't all rise quite this quite as great, but I think I might be wrong. I'm There's betting with that meringue. You could, yeah. You could meringue. use um, aquafaba, which is the chickpea liquid from canned chickpeas or cooked chickpeas. And it has a lot of starch in it and you can whip it the way you can egg whites. That and like a little bit of cornstarch in the flour mixture, I think you could make a souffle that would rise pretty well. But I think probably vegetarian is the way to go. Like unless you're an experienced vegan cook. Right. Or you really need it to be vegan because we're talking about something that's already high effort if you're using chicken eggs. Add in needing to remove the egg. You're at a level even Stacey and I are (laughs) attempting. Like that would be something that I would like devote much time to testing. Right. Okay. But anyway, souffle. Um, My last thought is that if you're really overwhelmed, like maybe we've mentioned a bunch of ideas and you've jotted some down and something is coalescing into a menu for you. Maybe you're like, oh, my gosh, they just opened the door and now I'm overwhelmed because they just had so many ideas. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. And <laughs> one way in for me, as you guys know, because I've talked about it before, when I'm planning a menu for a celebration, a holiday, a gathering, choosing a cuisine can really help you focus in. So I'm about to I'm fully saying ahead of time, I realize that a lot of the things I'm about to mention are from across the Latin American cuisine diaspora. This is not one. This is like some Puerto Rican dishes and some Colombian dishes. But you choose you want to put together a Latin one Latin cuisine that you love, like arepas, rice and bean, arroz con gandules, pigeon peas, mofongos, stuffed tostones, stuffed poblanos. Okay, again, I know I've mentioned things across several cuisines there, but like you start to be able to funnel in or a Middle Eastern meal or a Greek meal. You know, you you can pick one or two sources and you can get like toasted eggplant with tahini and pine nuts and lentils. And, you know, you end up basically putting together 
a single palette of ingredients that kind of narr- and flavors that helps you narrow it down. And there are so many great cuisines that lend themselves to vegetarian cooking. We talked about this in depth in a subscriber episode last year about holiday menus, but this is actually a great technique for making a meal feel celebratory. Like you put the thought in to make sure all the the salad, the souffle, the little like side dishes that you're the sauces that they all work together and taste beautifully on the plate. And like that does a lot to not only help you focus, but really make it seem like you put a lot of effort in when it's really just guiding yourself from overwhelm. It's curation is what it is, right? Yes. Okay. Woo! I did not ever imagine that we would talk for nearly an hour about vegetarian mains. I was like, oh, I have like four or five ideas. I'm so excited about this. And here we are. I will probably reference this often. For sure. Another great place to get more meal ideas is our free community. It's the best place on the internet, and it's full of smart shopping lists, meal plan ideas, and thousands of other home cooks just like you. Many of whom are vegetarian. Yes. Actually, there are quite a few, which is wonderful. And there's a couple of really great threads in there about vegetarian meals. Uh, So visit didntijustfeedyou.com backslash community to join us. And don't forget to follow us at didntijustfeedyou.com. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. We send out a monthly digest of everything Didn't I Just Feed You, including our sponsor coupon codes, what's happening in the community, and follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next time. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.